Hello and welcome to the Dancecast, where I explore dance as an art form, traveling to non-traditional places and with non-traditional doers. I'm your host and my name is Silva Lapkain. Welcome to Dancecast episode 37 and happy 2019. This is so exciting to be back doing DanceCast and talking to people around the world who are working within dance field in a non-traditional setting with maybe non-traditional doers. We will also continue our focus on dance ability teachers around the world. But in this episode, I got the privilege to chat with Margaret Queenie. She's a choreographer, theater director and artist educator. Featured in dance magazines Beyond Performance, her approach is based on 20 years of experience in community art engagement. First as a solo artist and later as a company member with the Liz Lerman Dance Exchange. Dance applied to real life. Participatory dance making, civic dialogue, creativity. These are the foundation of Margaret Greenlee's choreographic vision. Nationally recognized as a master teaching artist, Margaret brings her artistic team of professional performers and arts therapists to lead programs in educational, healthcare, and corporate settings. Current project partners include Washington, D.C.'s Army Distaff, the Eurasia Foundation, Fairfax County Department of Therapeutic Recreation, MVLE, and Jacob's Pillow Curriculum Emotion. And I actually caught her while she was at Jacob's Pillow. So here, I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm up on top of a mountain and I don't know that I'm gonna be able to do the video part of it. Okay. Let me try. Great, let me see what happens here. Hey. Hey, honey. <laughs> hey, good to see you. Good to see you too. Where is Jacob's Pillow? I should know this. No, no, it's in Western Massachusetts. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Is it rural? It's super rural. Yeah. Although it sounds really, really lovely for um, um, art making. It is, for sure. Good for solo work. Super. Yeah. Very, very good for solo work. <laughs> Until about two years ago, it's always just been a summer festival. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, and they have done everything they can to make it like round the year winterized so that companies can come and use it as a development rehearsal site. Yeah, so there are often other companies up here when I'm here, um, which is great. I mean, people definitely need more space to work, and it is really nice to have everybody in one place and not like involved in all their other lives at the same time so oh yeah that is always wonderful yeah yeah and you're working there with the curriculum in motion right now right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about now yeah. it's only you and somebody else it's not yeah, the right whole group. now right so we are here for two weeks in december and two weeks in february 
And usually we have at least two, sometimes three artists on the project. And so we collaborate with teachers at a local high school. And um, so we go into the classroom and for two weeks we are teaching or co-teaching and, you know, they're advancing their curriculum the way they might normally, but we're also making dances all about the content. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. That sounds super cool. Uh, curriculum in motion is not necessarily a, uh, a method or a set strategies, how to teach academic subjects, but everybody takes something and makes it their own. No, I would say there there is a pretty rigorous um, approach, and it was developed about 25 years ago by a woman named Celeste Miller. Oh, okay, yes. And now we're at a new place where she's developing um, medicine in motion and working with healthcare professionals. I'm super passionate about good quality mm -hmm. dance education and that dance education that mm -hmm. is available for all. Um. And it looks like you're the the culmination of all <laughs> all of that. Well, I got a lot of my um, training from first being at the Ohio Arts Council's Artisan Education Program, and that was way back. Uh, and then, um, so some of my first work after grad school was to lead dance residencies inside uh, elementary school settings. And those were usually like two to five weeks long embedded in the school for, you know, every day. And um, so it's very similar to what I'm doing here up at Jacob's Pillow with with more years and more like just kind of figuring it out and trying things and, and collaborating with other artists. So uh, but I'm really glad I got my start in that work right after grad school, because I think it is what made it possible for me to then go and audition with Dance Exchange and succeed. Because I had already been on the ground doing residencies and having to like learn all sorts of chops about being in a community setting. Um, and then being in the Dance Exchange was like a whole nother like, oh, great food ideas. Thank you. Because I'm pulling it out of my ass for the last five years. And you were for quite a while with Dance Exchange. Seven years. Yeah, and you still and you still listed us their artistic association. Yes, with a, a bio from 2012. So, are are is that is that from 2012 still accurate though? Well, I jump in on projects now and then, um, but it's not like an ongoing formal relationship. So it's like, hey, we're doing this thing. Can you jump in? I'm like, yes or no or um, but I, it's so funny, Matthew and I were joking about it last night because I might have seen him twice in the last year and we both live in Washington, DC. Yeah. So having this experience being up here together for two weeks was like, oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And then... Is that when body-wise dance happened? I left Dance Exchange um, right when I was having my children. And then I worked at an independent school in Washington, D.C., teaching their middle and high school dance program uh, for about five years. 
Yeah. And then um, I thought it was going to be my forever home because it was a super cool school and they had, they loved my ideas about like growing the program. I wanted to do like global arts appreciation, all sorts of stuff. I had so many ideas. Um, but the, once I was in, I realized it was a much more traditional school than I had been led to believe. And, um, I really, I loved the students. I really love being in a high school environment. Um, but it only used like, you know, 10% of what I knew how to do from my dance exchange exposure and background. So it was just, it was not going to be a happy making environment, you know? Um, so then I launched body wise and I really started to cast my net pretty widely trying to figure out how do I, you know, use my, um, use my training, use my personal experiences and match that to, you know, the, my current energy at that time and my personality and all those kinds of things. So that's when I started to pursue, um, teaching in not only educational settings like a Jacob's pillow project, but also in healthcare, uh, environments and some work inside uh, corporate workplace. Yeah, I saw that. That is really interesting. So you go to businesses and uh, offering movement as a way to, to learn and process information together. So it's never that I'm, yeah, it's never that I'm walking in to teach pirouettes. I'm always accessing people's uh, movement that they already know, using that as the fuel then to, to make movement and think about and process and learn. Yeah. So where is BodyWise? So you're doing now classes daycare. It's a day hack. It is, yeah. So I'm I live in Washington D.C. and the I I have brought a performing arts project inside of a larger service organization. The service organization provides um, employment training and employment placement for people with intellectual and developmental disability. And so the company and I are on site two full days a week teaching short movement classes, like 30 to 45 minute classes that include a lot of music skills and movement and uh, improvisation and composition. And then one day a week, we work only with the performance groups. These are about 20, 25 people. And yeah, so one day a week, it's Tuesday, uh, we are creating new work and rehearsing it. And then we take it out on tour to the local community. So the way our season works is that we start building that new show in the fall. And by early spring, we're then ready to take it out every week to a different location. Um, and then we start all over again. Yeah. Then you tour over the summer. Exactly. And then start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is it, um, it's a mixed setting, the co company. So it's some people from the day hub or from the center. Right. So the company, company is made up of professional actors and dancers. And I also brought in, uh, initially I brought in a dance therapist and she now works full time at a hospital. So now it's a music therapist, uh, because oh, yeah. yeah, because it's a clinical environment for the first time, 
I felt like, you know, I really need somebody who understands the clinical side of this environment and can help with any kind of assessment work that needs to be done. Um, sometimes she needs to really look at an individual's kind of medical file and history to, to double check that we're building curriculum that is going to help them meet their personal goals. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we have a group of about eight people that are professionals from the DC area and then about 20, 25 people who are on site with, uh, moderate intellectual and developmental disability. They need, um, full day care that we're in our fifth year. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Uh, was it hard to set up? Did you have to convince a lot? I know in the webinar that you said you, and I still haven't had a chance to read it, but I'm very excited to read about the document that you were telling us about, uh, about the benefits. So was that, was that something that came out of your experience of getting, Connected yes, partly. Um, when I was, you know, I told you that I was working at the independent school and I knew that this was not going to be a good long-term situation. Um, I worked with a career counselor and um, he was really asking me a lot of questions about, you know, different environments I might like to work in. And uh, one of the things that he really challenged me on over and over again was, what do you have to offer and how does that benefit the people that you want to work with? You have to talk about your work in terms of benefits. Um, yeah, and so it really forced me to think about the many ways dance serves people, as I said, um, with you know physical benefit, cognitive, social, emotional, the communal, the communal benefit of doing that kind of work together. Uh, and it was good. It was a good kick in the pants in a way, because I think um, I had been talking for so long to other dancers and we don't really have to we don't have to sell each other because <laughs> we're like, yeah, I'm all in. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I do what I do. Um, but in offering a dance class to something like an assisted living facility or, um, you know, a hospital palliative care unit. Or a business environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always thinking about how is this going to be helpful? And I am talking to both potential participant and the person that is willing to take the risk and bring me in. So I might be talking to a program director or a human, uh, human resources director, right? A principal or a teacher um, or a parent, right? So really starting to clarify my language um, and I think what I've tried to do in that most recent iteration is use both the kind of medical terminology that a healthcare professional would enjoy and appreciate, um, but also really using the artistic language and saying, you know, when we are making something together, this is the benefit. When we are performing together, here are some additional benefits when we're, you know, so I'm thinking about it from the process side of things, kind of the arc of what it is like to be a dancer, start of a project all the way to the end. Um, but then I'm able to talk about that simultaneously from the perspective of physical, cognitive, emotional, you know, th those words too. Yeah. 
it would be fun for me to go back now, especially since I've just been in the high school <laughs> for the last few weeks, um, because some of the way I, I have written the, that current list of benefits is because of my work with people who have intellectual and developmental disability. So I talk about things like, um, you know, one of the physical benefits is greater awareness of balance, stronger gait, uh, you know, alignment. It's, it's about fall prevention. You know, how do we, how do we keep people or, uh, give them activities that are going to help them be strong enough so that they can avoid falls. And how can we also do some cool floor work, you know, learn floor work so that if you do fall down, you know how to get up. Yeah. But, um, for students, I might tomorrow when I'm writing up some of my final, uh, reports, I would love to turn my brain to the benefits for high schoolers. And we asked them, one of our reflection questions today was, um, what are the benefits of learning in this way, you know, incorporating movement? Um, give me three to five benefits. So I'll see if anybody, <laughs> I will, I will um, share with you what I discover. Yeah. And you yeah. asked this from the students? After the two weeks. After the two week session. That is so cool. Do you feel like uh, they are actually receiving this quite well? Or, you know, I mean, we don't have to go. Of course, there's always the one or two who absolutely don't want to do it. But in general, do you feel like it, this environment takes a lot of convincing as well? I would say there are the one or two. Um, so in any class, I expect there to be you know, at least one or two kids that are like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm having to do this because we're asking them to be brave and really put themselves out there. I can't even imagine how I would have behaved if this had come my way as a high schooler. Um, it's interesting, just yesterday in class, the teacher said to them, you know, you don't interact with each other outside of this class, not because you don't like each other, but just because you are different people and you tend to go off in different groups. You know, you're interested in different things. And she said, I'm really impressed with how you have, um, you know, turned your attention to each other and really um, been very generous with each other in this project. Uh, and that's a class, actually, it's called Life and Death. And it's a social studies class where they are reading interesting books. And, and the format is read, answer questions, and discuss. And so I know that not only am I helping them process the information that they're reading about, but I'm helping them learn how to dive into a discussion and also know that there, I feel like there's a lot of tech, personal technique around joining a group discussion and deciding what I want to share, what we as individuals. Yeah. So how do I dive oh, into yes. what could potentially be a really deep, heavy thing and still keep myself safe on a daily basis? Some days that might be all about diving in because I do have a lot of cool experiences that relate to the topic. Right. But other days, I might decide to keep it super light. So that is an interesting skill that um, 
you know, people who work in community are dealing with all the time, are artists that are working in community settings and really helping them understand you are responsible for your body, what you decide to do with it, and the words you decide to share out loud. And we step into the classroom fresh every day. <laughs> so yesterday was yesterday and today is today. And now let's see what happens. Um, but so one of those classes, we ended up doing all sorts of really cool um, contact improvisation because we were looking at the way two characters, um, how their relationship changes over time and how they end up giving and receiving emotional and physical support. Uh, and doing that with the physical metaphor of leaning and pulling and pushing and lifting and carrying made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds And beautiful. somebody at one point who walked in after, like, she missed the first three days of class. <laughs> She's like, I have never leaned against another person like this before. And I'm like... So how is it? How are you doing? Is there anything hard about it? Is there anything easy about it? Like, you know, and so being able to even test small conversations about our reaction to the work can be really helpful. It's all practice. Yeah, yeah, it is all practice. Oh, wow. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I believe in this work myself, but like you just explaining this, I have had a lot of conversation about, um, children feeling entitled to things and how there is this, um, um, there isn't any more the responsibility for all and community. Oh. There's it's just me. And like, yet what a physical way of demonstrating the need for like other people's mm -hmm. support mm -hmm. in your life, not even knowing the context of right. the book. So, yeah. Well, and I would say a lot of kids, in the high school setting, I can just see, like, they have to act like they hate it or that it's not cool at all or whatever it is. But I can see when they start working, it's like, oh, thank God I get to move. Like, this, the way we are educated sitting behind desks most of the day is truly cruel and inhumane, in my opinion. I, I really believe that, all, you know, a good number of us are actually experiential learners and need to be up on our feet because that's what humans have done for millennia. Um, and so now we are in this public school, well, not public necessarily, but uh, organized educational system where many people are you know, going through the, the same process altogether. And I, I understand that it's super efficient and I love teachers and my parents are teachers and all of that, but God, I wish we could do a better job of letting people learn with their bodies. What is the future? What do you see that the future with the uh, uh, um, body-wise dance, what are your dreams with these programs? For my project back at home at MVLE, I really see my dream of the future is that we are able to have a theater that is run entirely by matched ability teams where people with disability oh, yes. people with disability and um and their support are the work that happens on stage and running the merchandise 
program and figuring out the marketing and running the cafe and, you know, making sure the facility is clean and safe and all those things. I really think we could do it. I, I mean, my feeling is that, that a couple of things, there's no job that can't be done by someone with intellectual and developmental disability. It's just that they need a partner. So why could somebody not be working with an engineer? You know, why could somebody not be um, helping run a, uh, a lawn and garden company, right? Right now, what I see in the supported employment field is that for the most part, people are doing the invisible jobs, the invisible quiet jobs, which are um, you know, janitorial crews, uh, back of house retail, back of house kitchen, um, some more frontline work like uh, grocery bagging, right? But uh, I really think that like when I when I had been working at MBLE for like a year or so, and I I had a better sense of all these different work projects that were happening. I was like, why don't we have uh, performing arts supported employment? Like we should be able to. Uh, the people here should be able to learn how to be a performing artist if they want to. Yeah. And so I don't know like what that will look like. I don't know if we'll have a theater with our name on it or, you know, what the actual, uh, you know, I don't know where that dream is going to go, but I definitely see the possibility of having an inclusive business model where people of multiple abilities, people of multiple kind of training backgrounds can collaborate to run, run a theater space. I love that. And you use the term match ability. No. Matched ability. So sometimes I've seen this a lot. Yeah. I've seen sometimes people call a, like a class opportunity mixed ability. Right. But what I'm doing when we are creating a show is a very conscious matching of professional artists with someone who is essentially a beginner. Or um, actually, we have one person in the ensemble who uh, she with her family, she's probably up in New York seeing Broadway shows a couple times a year. Yeah, so she has this incredible exposure to um, the best of Broadway. And I have other people who might have never, ever been to a real show, uh, not a real show, a live performance, but they love Walt Disney movies. Right. And so, um, somewhere in that range of experiences, I'm trying to figure out what is the shared, um, aesthetic. What is some of the shared information that we have about, uh, storytelling and what is serious and what is funny and what might we want to make performances about. Um, and so I think right now, and I've tried to figure this out, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the shows that we're creating right now are somewhere between Cirque du Soleil and the electric company <laughs> because they are very much about, um, you know, bringing the, the audience into our, into the work, highly um, participatory, 
And there is something I would, I love the audience to walk away with a sense of like, oh my God, I didn't know that thing. These people knew that thing and they taught me that thing. So that there is definitely a learning moment or two or three or four in the show. Um, and that the audience has a sense of like, oh, I got to know people in the show. And that is going to help me when I meet somebody with disability later, because it's like, oh, I got to meet them. I really enjoyed them. And that was comfortable and fun and easy. So I see performance as a great opportunity for um, what's called, usually we call it uh, community integration. Yeah. So the people that are in the company that are intellectual or developmental disability, one of their goals is usually uh, some uptick in their success around community integration. You know, higher success in a workplace, higher success in our home life. Um, and I think that by creating theater together, rehearsing it, and then performing it, and engaging with the audience in this way, these are the places where we get to practice the skills that we need to be more successful. That is so true. And I also love the idea that the audience walking away with this maybe shattered idea of assumptions. So not only is it going to be more pleasant or less scary to meet the next person with a disability, but also maybe you don't assume certain things about immediately right. after this experience. So. I feel like that's a humongous uh, benefit One is that, for yeah, society. Yeah, and since we both have um, sons that are nine, um, after last year's show, um, my son had come to it and he was like, I can't believe everything that you did. Like, you, like his mind was blown about the level of ability, really, you know, and... And he is one that likes to sing and he is a natural dancer. He dances in the shower, you know, that kind of thing. He's a, he's a ice skater and a rollerblade. And it was really amazing to hear that kind of excitement come out of an eight year old's head and, and like really honest that he was impressed, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that's where I, I want people to walk away impressed. Um, and I do a lot of thinking around how to gradually scaffold their, the audience's experience. Um, no. And I mean, with dance exchange, with dance exchange, you know, that was just part of it. Like really trying to figure out what is the audience's experience going to be? And so even before our show starts, the performance group is in the audience saying a, a gentle hello, saying, hey, my name is, mm -hmm. thanks for coming to the show. Um, are you, do you like to perform too? You know, like we really, we rehearse how we say hello to the audience and immediately, immediately help them. Like, it is important that you're here. I'm really glad you're here. I can't wait to see what you think of this show. Um, I'm going to invite you to join me on a, on a song or on some rhythm later on. So I really hope you'll jump in, 
you know, give the audience a heads up that, that it is important that they're there and we're going to create this moment together. And there are lots of ways to participate, right? You can absolutely watch because sometimes watching is the way we learn best. Um, and, 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 and. So giving people plenty of invitation um, and also plenty of room to be themselves, to be the most themselves. That is brilliantly thought. Love that. Love that introduction. Not only for the audience member, but I feel like it's going to make the performer feel less stage fried. And, and this, I, that this pressure of being watched, it's more, it becomes a more a communal thing. Exactly. Yeah. Happening. Yeah. So it yeah. serves both. Beautiful. I think so too. Thank you. Um, <laughs> glad you agree with everything <laughs> I'm saying. Um, <laughs> we, also, we also premiere the work in their home space um, with fellow um, MBLE individuals and staff members. So we start in a really warm space and um you know then after we've shown it at home then we take it out on the road uh last year we showed it at a school where some of the people were alums and we're going to do that again this year so that's really fantastic for um you know people who have graduated from a local high school or whatever to be able to go back and say see this is who i am now that's wonderful you know, and uh, this makes me, because I am really looking into the, I'm really interested in like social psychology and dance culture and what comes to like the idea of uh, obedience and authority mm. in in our dance cultures, uh, maybe more in the traditional dance cultures than the one you're talking about. But um, but then there it goes almost in hand in hand with the idea of the, the, that the dancer is, an, that's being very, you're, you have to be el right. elitist to get there. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to talk about sometimes in, in environments that traditionally don't enjoy movement and dance, how beneficial it is, because the idea is this very elitist. When you say a dancer, you imagine this white, strong, beautiful, long-haired woman. Um, and skinny, very much skinny. And so I feel like this not only makes it feel more communal and welcoming and social event but also sort of dismantles the idea the hierarchical idea of performer and a dancer and the idea of authority like the the performer and the audience so i just yeah, right. all in all i agree fully <laughs> yeah um the a word that came up recently that i really like we're, we're doing some we have a very small research grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. And uh, and what I want to find out is how does this experience of creating performance work and then taking that on tour, how does it help people build their social competence? And so I do step into every performance or every rehearsal day I step in at the beginning as the director. Like for the first five minutes, it's very who is the director. Almost immediately then, I'm passing off the leadership to other people in the group so that we can practice 
leadership roles, um, sharing the space. And it is about dismantling that um, kind of severe top-down authority elitist approach to, no, we, we got to do this together or else it's not going to happen. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I do think that there has to be structure. So without structure and in structure, I do see leadership roles, but the idea that it's not your thoughts put on their bodies, but yeah, it's a devised theater method. So it's devised choreography. It's shared, um, collaborative, generative process. And you say you start touring it in the spring? Mid-March. Mid-March. Okay. Yep. I'm, of course, already, like, dreaming that I come and see your show. I'm dreaming that you come and see the show. <laughs> well, Market, I never uh, welcomed you into the podcast, so I'm going to do it now. Welcome to DanceCast. <laughs> thank you so much, Silva. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with me. Thank you.